0: Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Margaret Morrissey, director of occupational safety at the Corey Stringer Institute and president of the National Heat Safety Coalition about ongoing efforts to prevent heat illness. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Margaret Morrissey, director of occupational safety at the Corey Stringer Institute and president of the National Heat Safety Coalition. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for uh, coming back. Um, I was wondering if you could um, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, both the National Heat Safety Coalition and the Corey Stringer Institute.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you had mentioned I'm the Director of Occupational Safety at the Corey Stringer Institute. And the Corey Stringer Institute is focused on preventing sudden death, not only in the occupational space, but also sports and the military. And so I oversee our division that, Um, focuses on occupational safety. And the division is called the National Heat Safety Coalition. And so the National Heat Safety Coalition is entirely focused on preventing heat-related injuries and illnesses in workers. And so we do this not only through occupational heat stress research, but we also create educational programs on heat safety. We also provide heat safety services. So if businesses have questions in terms of what they should be implementing to follow best practices for heat safety. We can consult them either by looking at their policies and procedures or going on site to their actual work environment and seeing what they can do better to um, improve the health and safety of workers in the context of heat.
0: And, you know, we're at the, you know, we're talking right before Memorial Day weekend and it's, you know, we're in the Northeast and it's getting pretty warm here. And obviously it's been pretty warm in other parts of the country already. Um, you know, how important is it, you know, are these efforts to to helping workers? I mean, and I know it's kind of like, you know, uh, the reason you, you go to work every day, but, you know, how big of a problem is uh, heat illness and trying to prevent, you know, these kinds of problems?
1: yeah so it's extremely big problem and what the one of the most um compelling I guess statistics recently is the fact that there was a recent study in by park in twenty twenty one who looked at worker compensation claims in California alone, and so they found based on that data that there was twenty thousand heat related injuries that were unaccounted for so Not only are we finding that about 11 workers are suffering per day are either, you know, suffering a heat illness or dying from heat stroke, but this problem is way more severe than we have even imagined. So uh, that's what excites me as a researcher is we have so much more information to find out, and um, I'm just excited to continue this effort.
0: Is part of a problem just uh, underreporting, either from workers who don't want to lose their jobs, or just from companies that don't want to, you know, look like they're, you know, making their workers work in unfair conditions.
1: Yeah, that's certainly part of the problem. Uh, there's also a lot of migrant workers who uh, don't feel supported by their their um, employers, so don't feel that they can report any heat related injury. Um, there's also a lot of there's a huge educational piece where People don't necessarily know what a heat-related illness is or what an exertional heat stroke is. So I think once we work towards better education, we'll be able to kind of better understand how the problem is or the magnitude of the problem and then be able to identify better strategies to prevent heat-related injuries and illnesses.
0: Um, And, you know, we spoke last summer uh, sort of, you know, as when you guys were kind of kicking off the the National Heat Safety Coalition. Um, Since then, there's been a fair amount of legislative movement, you know, towards heat illness prevention. Um, What are your thoughts on what OSHA and then individual states like Oregon, um, what have they been doing?
1: Yeah, so it's incredibly amazing that there is a push for federal action for heat stress. And so, I think it was about a year for, or a year ago where Biden announced that they're going to start this federal action for a federal heat stress standard, and so um, and it's really important. A lot of states are focused on on creating standard as well, and so since then, really, what's happened is they've put out an advanced proposed rulemaking um, document where they asked for public comments. Individuals were able to comment. Uh, the Korshanger Institute, specifically uh, National Heat Safety Coalition, we provided a 56-page response to a lot of questions that we would um, be able to get some sort of comments uh, towards OSHA OSHA so they could, um, you know, have some of our ideas in terms of what's important to implement into the standard. And as of now, um, they're going through all of those public comments. There's about a thousand comments that was submitted to OSHA. And, for now, we're we're just it's a waiting game. Um, we have to wait until they're able to to propose this standard, and then again after that follows a lot of more public comments right. and, and individuals addressing that. So um, I yes, I'm so excited about this initiative or the federal action for Mosha, but um, we still need to to continue to push forward and implement prevention strategies, and not just wait until. The federal heat stress standard is implemented,
0: and like, how long is that going to take to actually get that in the books? It's going to take a while, right? I mean,
1: it's yeah, so process. it's definitely years. So yeah. um, I think it that it depends on on what standard, but um, we definitely will have to wait a little bit. So I think because of that, and that's one of the reasons why. National Heat Safety Coalition is here because we hope to be able to serve it as a, not only in the meantime, we're waiting for this heat stress standard, but kind of help businesses with that transition. And then once it's implemented, help everyone get into compliance as well as um, even protect their workers even further.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of why um, individual states have been sort of enacting their own laws, uh, you know, in lieu of federal, um, a federal law. I mean, I know like Uh, California, like I mentioned, Oregon, I think Washington state, Minnesota have all kind of instituted, you know, different forms of sort of uh, guidance for businesses in terms of, you know, uh, taking breaks, providing, uh, you know, a cool space. uh, And then just, I guess, you know, sort of the hours that people are out in the sun. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on sort of those individual state efforts that have been going on?
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I wish, you know, that every state would follow suit with that um, initiative. I do think that um, even though there's a federal push and a state-level push for policies, um, individuals have to remember that we're still very new in a lot of occupational heat stress research. So, right, so we don't, so essentially what the the federal or state level is going to do is implement certain recommendations that have a lot of scientific evidence behind them, uh, as they should. But we're still are kind of lagging in terms of the research. So um, it's just something to keep in mind for everyone that like one size doesn't fit all. And and it's incredibly important that we're pushing this forward. But you do need to find strategies that work specifically to your industry or your work environment and things like that.
0: Right. Because I think when people think of you know, heat stress. Um, you know, they're thinking of, like you mentioned, migrant workers or people working out in, in fields and, you know, on construction sites. But there's also a lot of indoor jobs. I mean, you know, if you work in a kitchen or if you work in a, a garage or, you know, like anywhere that sort of generates heat in a, in a enclosed areas can be dangerous. Somebody could, you know, pass out from the heat, that kind of thing. So I guess, you know, there's a lot more to consider than just, you know, working outdoors in the sun, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's a great thing that OSHA is their um, sort of federal action is focused on outdoor and indoor workers, which is amazing. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of industries we don't even know what the level of heat exposure is and we don't know what the level of, you know, thermal strain is. And I hope that through research initiatives, you know, across the U.S., we're able to to quantify that so we can find effective strategies.
0: Um- and, you know, you've been working over the last year or probably more with businesses uh, in terms of, you know, coming up with strategies to prevent heat illness. What have you kind of found, uh, you know, over the last that last stretch of time, you know, as you've gone around and talked to different companies about, you know, their needs?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the biggest there's two really big things that I found. Um, one is that there is really no education towards the employees. Um, so there's no tradition or set up educational program where they learn about risk factors and they learn about, um, what to do if someone's having exertional heat stroke, things like that. Um, and then also a big problem is that individual businesses don't necessarily know, um, how to, perform any of the emergency procedures related to exertional heat stroke and i'm not saying that they perform them themselves mm-hmm. essentially they don't know like what a sign and symptom is and they don't know what the appropriate treatment is to save someone's life or you know things like that and i think that's incredibly important as the magnitude of of heat events just continues to increase
0: yeah we're definitely getting warmer um What, uh, so where, would how would you advise a a business that's sort of looking for guidance in this area? Like where, where should they go? Yeah, so
1: I think the best way is I'll, I'm going to, you know, suggest the National Safety Coalition website. We do have a lot of information in terms of heat education, as well as, um, you know, exertional heat stroke, signs and symptoms, what to do if, you know, you don't have a medical provider on site. If. If you do um, encounter this situation. Um, We also have our Corey Stringer Institute website as well. So it kind of stems from um, our separate website for the National Heat Safety Coalition that has a lot of information. And of course, you know, NIOSH and OSHA, they have a lot of great information in terms of their heat uh, safety campaign. And so I really advise people to to dive in and learn a little bit more about heat illnesses and what to do um and so as as you mentioned previously i hope that you know we're able to to address this issue and and help businesses make sure everyone's safe from heat.
0: I mean have you seen businesses get becoming more proactive about uh you know this issue and protecting workers from from heat illness?
1: Yeah, so the really good thing is along with the the heat federal action towards a heat stress standard, a lot of the big safety stakeholders, such as ASSP, there's also AIHA, um, have all started creating subcommittee groups that focus on heat stress. So for example, I'm on the subcommittee for the A10.5 um, voluntary heat stress standard for ASSP. So ASSP is the American Society of Safety Professionals. And um, so they're each stakeholder alone is starting to increase awareness. And so because of that, more businesses, I think, are at least understanding that this is a huge issue. I don't necessarily know if it's translating into proactive action, but I hope that would be the case, and that might be something we need to quantify and see if it's being effective.
0: Um, so I know that, uh, you know, through the coalition, you go and you know you you provide different services, and one of them is a, a heat safety plan review. so you know, say you were to go into a you know a business, like what would you kind of do to kind of you know conduct a review like that? What kinds of steps would you take?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple different things that we'll do before we even get on site. We'll send them um, sort of a survey in terms of they can give us information about if they've had any heat illnesses on site. What locations on site do they, may workers experience heat stress? So any information we can get beforehand is really critical. And we'll sit down with the safety uh, personnel as well as any medical providers that are on site or any wellness program coordinators and kind of discuss with what, you know, is done on for the business in terms of, of heat safety and then another portion of it is really just observation so we spend about two days just walking around and observing we hope that we're able to talk to the workers as well because those are the individuals who are you know going to be experiencing the heat stress and um you know being able to talk to them tell may t- tell a different story than what an employer would say so right. it's super right. helpful. anyone we're able to to talk to um about that is is really important
0: and what and what have you been seeing when you've kind of gone on these sort of site visits? Like what are some sort of common things that kind of jump out at you as you as you visit different businesses?
1: Yeah, so I think um everyone has done a really good job with hydration. So there but the accessibility to hydration is not always there, So they may provide water, but it may be like in a really far location. So workers aren't going to like walk over and, and drink because it takes time. They also, if individuals in remote settings might not have access to a bathroom right away, so they're not going to want to drink. Mm-hmm. So those are just examples. A lot of um, lack of environmental monitoring. So people aren't really adjusting their work at, work to rest ratios based on the environment. And um, like I said, education is probably, I think, one of the most important things and easier things to implement because a lot of the workers do already have to have training for other hazards. Right. So it can be included within um, what's already existing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, do people understand the sort of the levels of heat stroke and the signs, you know, are those things that kind of are you seeing that people need education on that just to know what to look for?
1: Yeah, I think that is probably the. There's a lot of misconceptions related to exertional heat stroke, and a lot of people don't quite understand um, what it looks like and what to do. So, for example, the the gold standard treatment is whole body cold water immersion, and so people often say, "Well, what if I put them in the cold water tub and you know they go into shock or something like that?" And that's often a really huge misconception that you know physically active healthy people don't go into shock right so um so i try very hard to to you know educate people about these myths and make sure that people understand that they're not true and and what really the facts are
0: right because even uh you know if you're out you know one of the signs too is if you stop sweating right i mean if you you know i think people kind of like oh i'm not sweating so i can't be that that hot but they don't realize that they're getting dehydrated
1: yeah so it's it's funny so uh lack of sweating is actually one of the myths so um if you can actually be sweating um and suffer an exertional heat stroke mm-hmm. um so that's another thing that people always look out for dry hot skin but in reality it could be you know hot dry skin but also someone who's completely saturated in sweat um who could also suffer so
0: yeah, yeah. they're educating yeah, so me like
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um but yeah i mean there's just <clears throat> things that I, I guess you know businesses and and employees need to need to learn so it, you know i guess are are you basically kind of encouraging obviously you know to get educated to whether it is to go to those resources that you mentioned earlier and really kind of, you know, do in services. So they, they really know what to look for and what to do, uh, you know, in the event of, uh, you know, heat exertion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anything they can do to educate, you know, employers educating themselves, then educating their employees or workers, you know, educating themselves as well, because there's a lot of, you know, medical conditions that, are increase your susceptibility. And so a lot of the workers may have that Mm -hmm. and not, you know, realize that it's increasing their, you know, heat tolerance and susceptibility to any illness.
0: Um, And then, you know, obviously with COVID, there's been, you know, a lot of places you have to wear a mask and, and, you know, does that affect, you know, sort of, I don't even know if it does or doesn't, but does that affect kind of, you know, how hot you get if you're, you know, if your breathing is constricted by a mask?
1: Yeah. So that's a really good question. We actually, one of our research studies um, was focused on different masks and whether or not they change your susceptibility to rising core temperature and things like that. It was a laboratory study um, and we found that there wasn't any effect. So Mm -hmm. it's not going to have a, um, and this is just wearing a mask, not necessarily all your PPE. So we don't, know for sure what what that effect would have but it doesn't really have an effect on changes in core temperature changes in heart rate so it is safe to exercise in the heat wearing a, a mask
0: and you mentioned ppe like you know is does there is there a kind of an effect are people wearing the proper ppe or is the ppe kind of affecting how hot they get uh in certain areas
1: yes yeah, certainly um especially for individuals who um, have to wear hazardous, you know, equipment and things like that. And so like the hazmat suits, right. they are at, you know, they they don't have a lot of opportunities to cool the, their body. Um, So we always recommend in that case, if they're able to have like a cooling vest underneath or something like that, that's able to help them. Um, So any like insulating PPE is considered a risk factor for heat related injury and illness.
0: Excellent. Uh, so uh, as you're going into this this summer, um, you know what is sort of your main goal uh, you know for the uh, NH NHSC and sort of you know I guess you know your second official year of you know being yeah. out there what do you what are you hoping for um, from this year?
1: Yeah, so I think that we have a couple different objectives that we're focused on. We're always focused on research because we always want to learn more what prevention strategies are effective across different industries. Are there certain conditions that increase your risk that we might not know about? Um, but also, you know, being a part of this federal action towards this heat stress standard is one of our goals. Um, I feel very lucky to be able to, there was a heat heat stress stakeholder meeting that OSHA um, had, and I was able to, to speak during that time. And so that was really helpful. And I felt like my Um, you know, insight, not only myself, but NHSC was able to, to suggest a few things that we thought would be included in the standard or should be. Um, And then really just building education and even building tailored education programs for different companies. That's something we want to do, would love to do, and uh, just continuing that effort.
0: Great. Well, Maggie, thanks so much for joining me and uh, keep up the good work.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: All right. That wraps up episode 112 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can also subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.